Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this edition number 32 of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2017-18 school year, we'll talk to some of the folks who helped publish the latest edition of COIL. That's Mama's excellent creative magazine. And then Mama's sports information director Dan Nolan will return to preview what promises to be a very busy and very exciting weekend in the Maple City. Both the Midwest Conference Track and Field Championships as well as the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament will be played this weekend in Monmouth, and Dan will preview both of those monster events. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. In just a few days, the Monmouth College Alumni Association will welcome more than 260 new members into its ranks. That's because Monmouth College will hold its 161st commencement ceremony this weekend. The commencement ceremony will begin at high noon on Sunday, May 13 on the Wallace Hall Plaza, weather permitting. Critically acclaimed author Min Jin Lee, she was a finalist for a National Book Award last year, will give the commencement address. We'll also hear from a couple of great student speakers at this year's commencement. Farida Muhammad of Conyers, Georgia, she's president of this year's senior class. And then Deanna Ruby of Peoria, Illinois, will also speak at commencement. She's the college's student laureate of the Lincoln Academy of Illinois. Commencement weekend activities begin on Friday, May 11, with the Department of Music's commencement concert. That will feature the chorale and the wind ensemble, and it will be held at 7.30 in the evening on Friday, May 11, in Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. The celebration continues on Saturday, May 12. Baccalaureate service, which will be held at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Dahl Chapel and Auditorium, will feature a message delivered by the Reverend Shannon Johnson Kirshner, She's the senior pastor at Fourth Presbyterian Church in Chicago, and she's a speaker you do not want to miss. That will be followed by the Honor Walk on Wallace Hall Plaza, of course, weather permitting. And then the Senior Gala will be held over in the Huff Athletic Center. Monmouth College will live stream the baccalaureate and the commencement ceremonies. Baccalaureate will be live streamed on the college's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash monmouthcollege. Commencement will be live streamed on the college's main Facebook page, and that address is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. You can read more about the weekend on the Monmouth College website, and of course, that address is monmouthcollege.edu. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, both the Midwest Conference Track and Field Championships as well as the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament will be held this weekend in Monmouth. Later in the podcast, Dan Nolan will preview what has gone from a very busy weekend to a nearly frenetic one here at the college. So if you want to start making plans now to see a lot of great college sports this weekend in Monmouth, go ahead and dial up MonmouthScots.com. That's your home for all things Fighting Scots related on the World Wide Web. 
On Tuesday afternoon, the 23rd edition of COIL was released. COIL is the creative magazine of Monmouth College, and it's published by the college's students. English professor David Wright serves as the publication's advisor. To celebrate the release of what's a marvelous new edition on Tuesday, a reading was held over in the Mellinger Teaching and Learning Center. The 2017-18 edition of COIL is not only one of the more interesting issues of the magazine's history, but it's certainly one of the more striking editions of the magazine. The issue was laid out by art and design editor Lily Gian. She's an art senior with a journalism minor from Round Lake Beach, Illinois. Lily also designed the issue's stunning black and white cover, which is a very nice contrast with the four-color pages found throughout the inside of the magazine. The cover combines erasure poetry with a black and white photograph of a profile. Lily explains that the cover was informed by several inspirations. The main source of inspiration was um, that we had been doing a lot of, there were a lot of erasure projects that had been done throughout the year, starting with uh, David Wright's Sophia project. Um, while I was interning at the Warren County History Museum, so I was kind of involved with that. And then um, we decided to do, include a pedagogy feature that um, David, that Professor Wright um, wrote for uh, the COIL. And so that's kind of where the erasure comes from, because we also did an erasure workshop at the dinner and devotion at the beginning of the semester. So um, I thought it would be co cool to include that on the cover. And the photograph, ha I actually took it um, last semester of uh, Kayla Adams, who's also a senior. And it just kind of came together. Um, we were thinking of having a black and white cover. And so I thought that that was a, a nice, powerful image that kind of um, related to a lot of like the poetry that, and prose that was in the, um, the magazine. Because the magazine has a lot of like very... Um, a lot of pieces that, that talk about like social issues. So um, I thought that this image kind of fit in well with it. Yeah. Um, so I came up with, I think four or five different um, kinds of designs uh, for the cover. And it was just kind of like the basic design. And so I kind of sent it to the other editors and had them pick which one they liked the best. And so this one was kind of like the favorite out of all of them, just cause it related back to the erasure that, that, ha that was, um, been done that had been done a lot throughout the year so um yeah uh, i had to revise it for the for the final draft and i had to design the back as well lily says it was an honor to have designed the cover of Monmouth's creative magazine even if the full effect of that honor has yet to set in yeah yeah it's really exciting and, and fun and um it was kind of we had a, a strict deadline that we had to work with, but I think in the end it was it's I think it's a very strong um, edition of the coil, especially because of all the work. I don't know if it feels like it's not really real for some reason. Like I mean, like it's just I don't know. For me, I've, I've stared at it too long that it doesn't really have like the wow factor. But a lot of people are like, oh my god, it looks really good. So I'm just like, well, at least it looks good because. Yeah, I think I've just, I've stared at it too long that I'm just kind of like, I'm over it kind of thing. But that's just how it is with um, with artists and their work too, so I guess it's... The new issue of COIL features more than four dozen submissions from Monmouth students, as well as a piece from Professor Wright, who's the advisor to COIL. And it also includes a conversation with Illinois writer Robert Grindy, who visited the campus earlier this school year. In addition to Lily Gian, Coyle was edited by underclassmen Abigail Danner of Tremont, Illinois, and Morgan Osman of Oswego, Illinois. 
The publication's editor-in-chief was senior Isaac Willis of Morton, Illinois. He's an English and philosophy senior. Isaac worked on last year's double issue, which he says prepared him to lead this year's issue. To step into the editor-in-chief role this year has been a real treat and honor and to get a bigger staff and and to get more submissions. And uh, it's just a testament, I think, to the collaboration of artists and readers and writers on Monmouth College's campus. There's a lot to like in this year's edition of COIL, and Isaac notes the diversity of art is something to celebrate. I think I'm especially proud that this year's issue takes into account more uh, genres, more styles, more art forms. So we have a play, we have an interview with a visiting writer, we have poems and short stories as usual, um, a, a short creative nonfiction piece, and then all the different you know medias of visual art that are represented. I think it's just really diverse issue with diverse voices and I'm proud of that. Assembling a publication such as COIL starts out a bit like putting together a puzzle and then Isaac says it involves into something else altogether. It is a lot like a puzzle when you first start because once you have an idea of the submissions you want to accept and the ones you're going to ask for authors to revise, what we did as an editorial staff is uh, gathered in this room in the Mellinger Center and laid out every submission on the floor and sort of pieced together the edges and the frames and to see, you know, is this poem working next to this image? You know, what section will we put this into? Um, at the end of the day, though, it becomes a lot less like a puzzle and more like a narrative, uh, as much as disparate works of art can be, I think. Isaac says there are also a lot of valuable practical lessons when it comes to editing a publication such as COIL. I learned that the editorial process and the revision process is long and arduous and worth all the work because when you get artists and poets and short story writers to see that they can re-envision their work in certain ways uh, to attend to it maybe weeks, months, years after they've written it initially, that can become its own thing and then you know to see it in the issue next to other pieces of art, how that there's a conversation happening among those artists that they you know never could have imagined and so I'm happy to put those voices in conversation with each other. Isaac himself has five poems included in the new issue of COIL. We, we were able to get some poems of mine in under the pretense that uh, won the Rosanna Webster Grand Prize. So we, we published all the winners and the honorable mention for the Rosanna Webster Grand Prize, and that's Miranda Rodebaugh, who has a series of poems in there, who was honorable mention this year. And Amy Ward's short story and Haley Willits's play were uh, tied for second place for that prize, and I... As I mentioned, English professor David Wright is the faculty advisor to COIL. David says the new issue is a testament not only to students' creativity, but their leadership as well. Couldn't be more pleased with the work these students have done. It's been amazing. Both the writers and the artists and then the editorial staff just done wonderful work. It's been great to have um, experienced students like Isaac and Lily leading out and then to have uh, other students like Morgan and Abby coming up behind them learning the ropes as editors. So it feels like a, a culmination of a really good year. In addition to being a well-edited publication, David says that this year's edition of COIL is also wonderfully designed. Lily's amazing. She's got a beautiful eye. She's a wonderful artist in her own right, but she's a really fine book designer. And I think she pulled together um, artistic images, photographs, um, but also journalistic photos, magazine quality photos of people doing the work. And, uh, if there's one thing I would like COIL to highlight, it's the process of making things on campus, whether that's visual art or a magazine or poems or stories or pieces of fiction. It's really been wonderful to have uh, Lily 
represent that visually as well as with the text. David says what's especially nice about this year's coil is that a reader can enter the issue at just about any place in the magazine. You end up with a reading experience that you can dump, jump in and read each piece individually, or you can read it straight through and really hear resonances all throughout the whole magazine. So I'm real proud. This is the sort of thing that we hope builds a real culture of the arts and of writing on campus, and that's, quite frankly, what's at the core of the liberal arts for me. And so I think this magazine represents that really well. As David points out, Monmouth students have several opportunities to learn how to edit and produce a publication at the college. In addition to COIL, there's The Courier, the weekly independent student newspaper, and the Midwest Journal of Undergraduate Research, which has an international reach. And so I think students really have an opportunity to get the nuts and bolts of editing, to have some vision, to learn how to uh, lead other people. So Isaac was one of the editors last year, and he stepped up to be editor-in-chief this year. And the hope is you can continue to build a, a string of people who are learning from one another and who are just continually improving the process. That's David Wright. He's the faculty advisor to COIL, the college's creative magazine. You also heard from art and design editor Lily Gian, as well as editor-in-chief Isaac Willis. To read more about COIL or to request an issue, check out the Monmouth College website. And of course, that address is monmouthcollege.edu. Commencement weekend alone makes the Monmouth College campus a very busy place. But this year's commencement weekend is going to take place on a campus that already has two very big events taking place, the Midwest Conference Track and Field Championships and the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament. The Midwest Conference Track and Field Championships have been scheduled to take place at Monmouth's April Zorn Memorial Stadium since the start of the season. But the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament was moved to Monmouth and nearby Galesburg only on Tuesday. That's because the weather forecast for the original site, Northern Division champion St. Norbert College up in east-central Wisconsin, was quite inhospitable to the game of baseball. So because Monmouth was the regular season South Division champion, the tournament was moved to west-central Illinois, where the weather forecast is much more promising. Those two championships mean that Monmouth will have hosted five conference tournaments this season. Both baseball and track and field will be held on Friday and Saturday. Joining us to explain all of that, as well as preview what promises to be a huge weekend in Monmouth College Athletics, is Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, the person behind MonmouthScots.com, your home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. First, let's take a look at the Midwest Conference Track and Field Championships. As Dan points out, having a conference championship meet at home has numerous advantages. We get to be at home. Uh, student athletes get to sleep in their own beds. They'll be very rested and, and uh, comfortable, and uh, we're looking forward to a great weekend. The Monmouth men's track and field team has won 16 of the last 17 conference championships. And Dan says that Monmouth track and field coach Roger Haynes will have his team ready when things get underway on Friday. So we had a little blip there in 2015. Uh, St. Norbert got us and, and uh, we won, we've won the last two. And we have seven men that have the top uh, performances in the uh, in their events so uh, we're looking pretty solid there of course uh, there's a wild card uh, entry you can make uh, that you get to put an extra uh, performer in, a, in an event you're allowed three but the wild card you can put a fourth in uh, so coach Haynes is figuring out what to do uh, on that I 
The Monmouth women's track and field team hopes to end a two-year streak of finishing as conference runner-up. And then the women have uh, five uh, top time or top performances coming in. Uh, we've been second the last two years. Uh, we had a 10-year run of winning uh, knocked off in, uh, in 2015. It was St. Norbert that got us again, so uh, we're chasing them. We've been second the last two years, so you know maybe this year is the year that we, uh, we get back on top. Among Monmouth's individual competitors in track and field, a lot of eyes will be on senior Dan Evers. He won the pole vault national title last March in indoor track and field. Right now, Dan Evers has the uh, second uh, best pole vault in the nation, uh, and obviously he leads the conference by a wide margin. So uh, he, he's going to be key for us there. And and then he also does uh, does the long jump. So he does sand sand jumps, and that really helps us out too. He does that for the you know the good of the team, and and uh, that's what it's all about. We don't necessarily need a win in every event, uh, but we need to get as many people in the finals as we can and, and pile up the points that way. Dan says that April Zorn Memorial Stadium should be a special place to be this weekend. Yeah, we, we expect a pretty good atmosphere, and, and it's always a, a great meet, and, and especially the last day when you get into the 4x4 four four relay, the last event of the, of the season, really. And it's, it's just going to be a great atmosphere, and hopefully the weather will hold, and, and we'll have a, a great weekend weather-wise, too. And if you can't make it out to April Zorn Memorial Stadium, Dan and his sports information staff have you covered. Yeah, we'll be webcasting it this year. Uh, we'll be uh, starting uh, 3.30 on the webcast on Friday and noon on Saturday. Uh, the meet actually starts a couple of hours prior to that, uh, but we'll be webcasting uh, 3.30 Friday and, and noon on Saturday and, and uh, try to give the best uh, view we can, at least of the, of the running events. Uh, the field events, most of those are a little bit out of sight, uh, but we'll have uh, live stat updates also, and, and those links will all be on monmouthscots.com. That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan previewing this weekend's Midwest Track and Field Championships. You can follow Monmouth Track and Field on Twitter at ScottsTFXC. And you can follow the Midwest Conference on Twitter at MWC Sports. And of course, you can follow all Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. We'll hear about the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament in a moment. But first of all, this is a good place in the podcast to remind you of the plethora of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And when you want to enjoy some graduation commencement music, check out Mammoth on Spotify, Mammoth College. Now let's get back to our conversation with Mama Sports Information Director Dan Nolan as he tells us more about the Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament that has been moved to Mammoth and Galesburg. As Dan says, you can either blame or thank Mother Nature for the change of venue. Thanks to Mother Nature. Mother Nature is a Fighting Scots fan. We can tell you that right out of the gate. Uh, weather prediction for Wisconsin this weekend was not good, uh, wet and cold. And uh, give St. Norbert some credit. They uh, they allowed uh, the tournament to be moved uh, to Monmouth. Uh, it was their turn to host, but they uh, they said, you know, it's more important to have good weather conditions. And so we're moving it to uh, Monmouth and Galesburg on Friday. Uh, we've got a schedule set up where Monmouth will be playing at Glasgow Field 
for the entire tournament. Uh, we'll have two games here Friday. Uh, two games will be played at Knox uh, Friday, and then everything else on Saturday will be uh, here at Glasgow Field. So we're really a- And if you can't make it out to Glasgow Field this weekend, Dan says you can watch the games online. The games at Glasgow Field, we're making arrangements to webcast and do live stats. Now, it's going to be a little bit different uh, because our webcast uh, gear will be at track. Uh, so the visiting teams will actually be doing the actual video streaming on the webcast. Uh, but we should have that link uh, on the monmascots.com site as soon as possible, but it may not be until 20, 30 minutes before actual game time. So if you don't see it right away, don't panic. Just keep logging in and refreshing until uh, game time. We'll have that link up there eventually. Dan says that if you believe in signs, moving the tournament might be a sign to Monmouth baseball coach Alan Baterney and his program, who last won the conference tournament in 2002 or it might not mean anything. Uh, the last time we won conference, uh, Coach Paterni was on the team and was held at Monmouth. So uh, we're hoping history repeats itself. Monmouth enters the weekend's double elimination conference tournament with an overall record of 25-12-1 and a conference record of 14-6, which was good enough to win the South Division. And it all starts with Monmouth with good pitching. The pitching force this year is just incredibly deep. Uh, I've never seen a team this deep in starting pitching and relievers. And then our our short uh, relievers, our, our closers. This is really the perfect storm for us uh, as far as pitching is concerned. As Dan points out, a deep pitching staff can play a big role in a double elimination tournament. Oh, I tell you what, uh, having so many uh, pitchers, it's great. And, you know, Alex Sheets last week got two wins in one day for us. He's a side armor that comes out of the bullpen. uh, So he can come back in 20, 30 minutes and throw again. Uh, But we have such a deep staff. You know, we we don't have to go with a true reliever uh, if we get in trouble. We can bring in our Game 3 starter, our Game 4 starter, and and we're good to go. So it's very important to have that many arms. And, you know, it's funny because we have uh, Brent Dugans on on the staff, coaching staff, Staff. As a pitcher here, he went 23 straight innings in a, in a conference tournament. We don't have to do that anymore. Uh, if, if Coach Dugan were pitching, we probably would let him throw that much, but uh, we don't have to, uh, to stretch the, the, the pitchers out. We can go and have fresh arms to go the entire weekend, and you know we could be playing uh, three, four, five games this weekend, but we've got the pitching to do that. Offensively, Monmouth led the conference in team batting average, Runs scored and runs batted in, home runs and in slugging percentage this season. Offensively, we've got like a murderer's row of one through nine. Uh, Any one of those guys can hit the ball out. Uh, They've been getting key hits. And even when we're down in the ninth, you're not worried because you know that they can hit. Uh, So we're a very, very dangerous team. Uh, We'd like to get to the other team's bullpens, but uh, the main thing Coach has been uh, stressing is make your adjustments with two strikes, adjust to the way they're pitching you, and uh, be patient uh, and, and you know be smart. So the guys have done that. Uh, they don't need to change anything if they just stay with what they've been doing. I think we'll be fine this weekend. And as Dan notes, when a team reaches the postseason, it's important to keep the faith. And Coach Haynes has a philosophy for track. If you just do in the conference meet and in the nationals what you did to get there, you'll be fine. And, and that's Coach Paterni's philosophy for the baseball team too. They just continue to do what they've done. Don't try to do too much. Play smart and stick with their game plan. Uh, they'll be fine. They've got a good chance to, to win the whole thing. Although the focus in the short term is winning a conference championship this weekend, Dan says that the long-term future for Monmouth College baseball 
could be pretty bright. Coach Paterni came in and, and created a, uh, the culture that he saw as the way to get to the conference championship and beyond, and uh, they've stuck with the plan, and they've done quite well. Now, we only have four seniors on the squad, so the foundation is there. You know, We're not predicting anything for next year, but it, it, on paper, it sure looks pretty good for next year. You know, we're, we're losing uh, some, some big sticks, uh, but again, uh, we've got a deep, deep lineup, and uh, we think we're going to be pretty good again next year. That's Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan previewing this weekend's Midwest Conference Baseball Tournament that will now be hosted by Monmouth. You can follow Monmouth College Baseball on Twitter at MC Scott's Baseball. And don't forget to follow the Midwest Conference on Twitter at MWC Sports. And of course, to follow all Monmouth College athletics on Twitter, dial in to MC Fighting Scots. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll look back on the college's 161st commencement ceremony and all of the weekend celebrations that accompanied it. And that's going to be a 30 for this year's 32nd edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer with the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.